0: Welcome to Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games in the fringe. My name is Jordan, and with me today is my friend Blake. Hello. Hello, Blake. Uh, how are you doing today? You feeling ready to talk about today's game? You
1: know what? It's it's Friday night, the work week is over, and I'm ready to sit here for the next 30 to 50 minutes recording a podcast and not <laughs> doing things.
0: Mm, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm a little envious of that because... Uh, uh, I've been working on a project all summer. Well, I guess I can say what it was, but the project was an alternate reality game and uh, it goes live on Sunday. And so I have been just like mentally exhausted and get like one day of break and it's just to be crazy again. So there you go. <clears throat> it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Uh, the reason I hesitated about saying it is cause you know, ARGs are supposed to be super secret, but I figure by the time this, uh, this goes, this episode goes live, it'll be over. So
1: there you go. Well, uh, why don't you tell the people about the, uh, current reality game that we played for this (laughs) week's, (laughs) (laughs) for this week's episode.
0: Uh, that is window frame, which is a, um, kind of a puzzle game, um, designed by Daniel Linson, I believe. Yes. Um, Uh, And the basic uh, conceit of the game is that you play as a vampire hunter who has these stakes that you can throw to kill vampires. Uh, But you can also throw them at the walls of the window in which the game is played, like the little uh, game window, uh, to freeze them in place and uh, move them around. So you can move the walls of the, the window... That you see the game world in, and that will affect the uh, affect some things in the game world. So, like, um, if you freeze the the window and bring it closer to you, then suddenly it becomes a wall, and you can jump off of it. Um, and then you can also use that uh, mechanic to like um, make it so environmental traps can't affect you, that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, all the all the puzzles are built around. Well, many of the puzzles are built around. Uh, manipulating your basically your point of view in the game world in order to, um, get past obstacles.
1: Sure. And, and to be clear, this game is a, a two dimensional platformer Yes, and this sort of framing. So it's a PC game uh, only obviously Mm -hmm. because the sort of frame concept doesn't really apply to games on a television because it's, you kind of think of this as like normally when you play a game, it pops in, fills the whole screen, but this game is in a smaller window, Mm Mm-hmm like a little pop up window almost, and you can kind of stretch the edges of it and do some interesting things, which mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons we play this game is because that is immediately the coolest shit ever. It yes. just sounds so cool, like <coughs> you mm-hmm. can resize the window and it affects like the game world yeah it uh, is
0: it is super um like trippy, and it makes you think about like uh the interface and the like world um in the world of the game in just ways that very few games make you think about them. So it's, it's really fun, uh, as an initial, initial mechanic. Um, probably, probably the last thing to say as an introduction is that it was designed as, um, for Ludum Dare, uh, and it actually won the one, uh, number 35. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. <clears throat> Ludum Dare, man, they're a big one we're pulling from, I guess. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Um, all right, so so where do you want to where do you want to start here, Jordan, with our with our discussion of um, window frame?
0: Well, I think we should uh, start with. Um, so I, I had some frustrations with this game, and I I, <laughs> I I think I I understand that you did too. I think we should start with um, what was really interesting and worked really well first, and then talk okay. about how that uh, merges into something frustrating. Um, so the the um. I guess I want to talk about uh just w- what what it's like to suddenly have to be thinking about the perspective of, of a game like your point of view um as as a game mechanic
1: um like how it just totally changes how you look at the world. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Like the the fact that what you're seeing like it's not like a standard puzzle game where you walk into a room and you see all the things. It's like, these are the elements with which I solve this puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like, no, I can sort of manipulate the, literally the window with which I am viewing this world to, <clears throat> like that is the prime sort of primary puzzle solving mechanic, which is like, like I said, it's just inherently cool. It just seems... Yeah. Like, it's just an awesome thing. And when you first get the ability to do it, it is like pretty cool. Like the first time you figure out that you kind of like, uh, I think what happens is there's like this wall that's really high that you can't jump up. And so what you have to do is you have to like shoot the, 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 so the way it works, this is this was a little bit weird because I knew the basic idea of the mm, game was mm. that you are going to be able to resize the window mm. to solve puzzles, but it's not just like you can resize them willy nilly. Basically, what you your character has these little darts that you can shoot out. Yep. Stakes. If, yeah, yeah, and if you shoot them out and they hit the frame, then they lock to the frame and the frame gets locked there. Mm-hmm. And so then when you move, that the frame will stay there, and then you can also you can grab the little thing and you can move the frame inward you can't move it back outward which i was one thing that i found pretty frustrating but Mm -hmm. you can like pull them inward so basically you turn around shoot the dart into the frame behind you and like pull it in so that you can wall jump off the wall you have to get up and then off the edge of the frame that you've just dragged in and that's how you like get to the to the exit of the level yeah um
0: the the most common way that uh you use the uh, wall moving as a uh, puzzle solving mechanic is just that um, you, you can wall jump in this game. So if you try to bounce off a wall, you can bounce again. So anytime you need to get to up high to an area that you wouldn't normally be able to reach, you can just pull both the left and the right uh, edges of the screen in closer to form a little like a uh, uh, crevasse. Yeah, <laughs> yes, thank you. A little <laughs> crevice that you can just uh, jump back and forth up through
1: yeah that's actually something that I, th- I was a little bit disappointed by is like how often that is the interaction that you do yeah uh <sighs> because like the first time you do it, it's like oh sweet mm-hmm. and then you do it a bunch more times and it gets a little tedious yeah but, um i mean but before uh, oh go ahead. go ahead
0: i was gonna say that there's a few other ones that recur a lot um raising the floor so that you can get over a uh like spike floor that would kill you that's mm-hmm. one that comes up a lot um and then lowering the roof or raising the floor to like um, move uh, these little like gun things. Yeah, uh, they like just these places that shoot projectiles. Uh, if you lock them outside the screen, then the projectiles can't hit you, and uh, that's how you get past them.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So before we move on to anything else, you you mentioned that something that you really liked was how this it made you like instantly rethink the way you, cause you're just thinking it's a game that you have to think about in a different way than most other games, because mm-hmm. most other games, the, the frame that you're viewing it through is not malleable at all. No, uh,
0: it, the idea and, is that the world is out there and, and your frame is just simply the way through which you see, you view it normally, not the way yeah. that you interact with it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. So this actually reminded me of like some concepts of film. Obviously frame mm-hmm. is a direct, <clears throat> concept of filming mean, the frame is the way that you v- view the entire film as the frame and the director yes. and the uh, in the uh, director of cinematography are, you know, choosing the frame very carefully. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, reminded me, uh, of this, uh, concept in like film called open claim, open frames or closed frames, mm-hmm. which, um, generally, or what it means is basically if you have an open frame, it means that you're shooting the characters in a way such that they can enter the frame and leave the frame as they like. So say you're shooting a camera in a room and someone can like walk into the room, talk to Uh, another character in the room and then leave the room. Whereas closed frames, uh, you there, the, the characters are never in control of whether or not they get to leave the frame because the frame follows them. If they leave uh if they leave which is like something that you it's like kind of hard to notice or it's something you don't think about like many parts of uh like film form something that you don't realize is happening but you feel the difference um yeah and like certain directors only shoot in closed frame versus open frame or certain films are entirely closed frame versus open frame it's like a it's actually like a pretty important stylistic choice a lot of the time and huh. so this game got me thinking about that because in most games uh like you do have total control over the camera or you see you some measure of control mm-hmm. over the camera in most modern games yeah
0: uh you either but have camera f- control or you have control in most like platformers in the sense of like it follows your avatars so yeah the, you, you the camera re-
1: follows you yeah exactly yeah. so like changing the frame it's almost like when you're uh, building a game or when you're like modding a game how you can like sort of take the free camera and fly it around or in just more yeah, like, yeah. wind when you like type in uh whatever the is it like the god mode that lets you just fly around and take the camera wherever you want you can like have it be outside your character <laughs> oh i don't know what command. that is Oh, dude, you gotta be using console commands. Oh, well, I
0: did use console commands, dude. No clip all day. Go, yeah, go yeah. through those floors. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. Um, um but anyway, so, uh, th- that sort of got me thinking about like how games don't quite have the same tool set as films do in that regard that mm-hmm. like while you're interacting with it, the frame isn't something that yeah. is controlled by the creator generally.
0: Yeah. I think that the comparison to film is very, uh, a very apt one. Um, it's sort of interesting. Um, like in early video games, uh, like the way that perspective works in film is very much a, a grammar, um, that video games are working off of. Uh, I remember mm. in, uh, Super Mario 64, uh, like the camera like you can control the camera and for some strange reason the game feels it important to justify that in the world so like at the very beginning you find out there's a little dude flying in a cloud holding a camera following mario around and he's like to move me around use the c buttons and it's like Mm -hmm. well wait a minute (laughs) so what is this camera angle i'm seeing right now while i'm seeing this little cloud floating
1: dude it's crazy. That's a <laughs> Lakitu. Lakitu. I don't La- never, I never know how to say it. Oh yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. they're in lots of Mario games. They're in, I think Mario Kart may have actually been the first appearance of the the Lakitu. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Because he's a guy wait, that does comes he out always there, do hold a go. camera? Um. Probably. Probably not always. But okay. I think generally, that's like. I mean, they are enemies in the early Mario games, like the 2D Mario games. But I think in like the more modern 3D games, it's usually like they have the camera, huh. or they're holding some other sort of you know, function of the game in, in world justification of game mechanic or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, another thing I was thinking about, uh, relating to like how framing works in films versus how it works in games is, uh, I was actually thinking of like, um, Buster Keaton, like his early films, um, Mm -hmm. when I was playing this, because, Uh, the way that the frame becomes a part of the world sort of reminds me of some of his like, uh, visual gags. Mm -hmm. Like he has a lot of gags where the humor is that, um, something becomes invisible to the characters in the world, um, when it becomes invisible to the, uh, to the audience, even if that wouldn't actually make sense in real life. So the only one I can think of right now, I'm sure there are other ones, but he's like chasing someone around this pole, Buster Keaton is. And, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the times he runs past the pole and suddenly the guy he's chasing is, is gone. Um, and Buster keeps running around the pole like three or four more times. And then he stops for a second, um, and like looks behind the pole and then grabs a guy that was behind the pole. So you couldn't see him from the point of view of the camera and pulls him out. And it's hmm. like, wait a minute, how could Buster have run around the no, pole four <laughs> times without time. noticing him? That doesn't make any sense. But that's the, that's the joke. Um, hmm. Yeah, and that, that sort of reminds me of the way that uh, sort of the, the puzzles work in this game, which is that uh, um, it, it's very strange to think that the um, hmm. interface through which we see the world uh, can come to affect it, but
1: yeah, um, that's so, what works. So that actually kind of... Uh, brings me nicely to this something i want to talk about which is how enemies and the world interact or are affected by the way that you can you know change the frame of the the that you're viewing the game through because hmm. it it was not what i was expecting uh particularly with enemies the thing that made me think about this with what you were just saying is i'm pretty sure i'm not sure if this is a buster keaton ga- gag but it's a similar like uh early uh film you know probably silent uh, visual gag where someone's chasing someone and they run out of the frame. And then once they're out of the frame, then he like acts like it's like a similar idea where he's like, Oh, they're not in the frame. The viewer can't see them. I can't see them. Like yeah, kind yeah, of ridiculous yeah. thing. And so that's how I thought enemies were working, going to work in this game. It's like, I thought that your primary function or way of getting rid of enemies was going to be all right. There's an enemy over there. I'm going to shoot the the little stake bring the frame. So the enemy is out of it. And then when I open it back up, the enemy will be gone. Uh, oh, but that is, that's oh. actually not the case. Uh, bringing the frame in will drag the enemy in closer to you. Well, so a lot of the times,
0: not always, it depends on the enemy, doesn't it?
1: I don't think so. I mean, cause I remember
0: maybe I'm misremembering that, but I think that the red bats, um, Oh, the red bats, they are not affected by the frame but the, um, the white bats are. If you try to drag the frame... Oh, wait, no.
1: No, no, you know definitely it, because... You know what it is?
0: The white bats hmm. are affected by the frame even if you don't lock it in place. That's what threw me off. Yes. So if you, try to, if you try to run away from the white bats, um, you will actually speed them up because they get dragged forward by your frame that's moving with you. The
1: red bats do that too, I'm pretty sure.
0: I thought the red bats only got affected by it if you froze it in place.
1: Oh, okay. Yes. Maybe do, you're right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I think I see what you mean. Yeah, um, so like,
0: like the white bats, it's as if the frame were a wall all the time. So like mm. um, as the frame moves with you, it pushes them along.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- w- one thing that, I, I guess the, the what well, that was a, a little bit of a snag for me. The fact that like the enemies move with the frame. Cause I thought yeah. it's like, okay, I just drag them till they're not in the frame anymore. Then mm-hmm. capish, I'm good. Uh, because I, I, it actually took me uh, startlingly long to realize that if you just shoot the little stake at the enemies, that's how you kill them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So like the first time uh. there was a bat, I just ran by it. And then there gets to a, a level where there are like six of them. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> I don't know how to kill it. Uh, and then eventually uh. I was like, I was shooting to try and like drag the frame to like save myself. And it hit one of them and killed it. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> huh, that's funny. Um, but anyway, uh, there's also like a kind of novel interaction. Cause like, I think to me, it makes more sense that if they go off the, like, if I drag the frame so that they are out of it and then drag it back, then they're gone. Then like, that's a cool way to kill them. But, uh, the, the game kind of like won me back over in that a little bit, and that you can, uh, if you like get an enemy stuck between the frame and a wall, you can crush them. Uh, oh, is, like, and they die. Fun. Yeah.
0: Oh, I never actually did that. I, I think I, I definitely trapped them a few times that way. I didn't realize you could kill them.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you just keep bringing the wall in, it will just crush them and they'll oh, die. Oh,
0: huh? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and actually, that that does seem like a fair interaction because um, one thing we haven't talked about yet is that uh, there are six boss fights. These are the vampires, uh, and whenever the vampires, um, well, okay, little. Little, let me back up a little bit. When, normally, the the frame is white, um, and then when you shoot it with your stakes, it turns blue. Um, when you the fight, edges of the frame are the white. The edges of the frame, yes. The edges of the frame. Yeah. Uh, and then when you're fighting the boss vampires, the frames are red, which basically indicates that uh, you don't have any power to um, manipulate the frame right now. But uh, as you find out in the second boss, it means that the uh, vampires do. So um, just like you can use the frame to crush enemies, uh, there's one boss fight where uh, the, the frame will periodically just, like, lower, and it's as if the roof is lowering and it can crush you to death.
1: Yeah, and th- that's actually, like, I think some of the coolest mechanics in the game. Uh, like yes, I would They're kind of that. gimmicky, uh, happen in the boss fights. Because like, I think the first, uh, like, one where the where the vampire gets to actually like manipulate the frame. The first one, it's just like you get in the room with him and you realize you can't change the frame at all. So it's just a platforming challenge. And the second one, uh, he's like dragging the top of the frame down. So you have to like run from the top of the frame, like over to the right, down over to the left, over down. And then over to the right again, where he's in Mm -hmm. like the bottom left corner and the, the frame is moving at the same rate. So it's like actually pretty challenging. You're like racing the frame. So it doesn't crush you and that that was like a really cool moment and there there are a few more there's like the one you mentioned where basically there's like a small box that you're in and it like oscillates up and down and you have to like uh match when it goes up and down yep. to like avoid uh pitfalls both above and below you yeah uh, i thought
0: that one was really cool um definitely uh w- one thing that occurred to me with the the way that the like the moving frame being a moving wall that crushes you is, um, it's, I was just kind of struck by how both how novel that felt, but then at the same time, how like not novel it felt like that is a very like, uh, common sort of thing, common sort of challenge in platformers like that.
1: Yeah, you it's have their to, version of the auto scroller.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was like, huh, I guess in a way this is a sort of like, uh, just a transformation of a mechanic that is not, not actually super new to
1: platformers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a, a clever manifestation of an existing idea, basically. Yeah, definitely. Um, it does like thematically fit well with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's another thing I want to talk about with, uh, in terms of like how the interaction with the game works, which is so the little darts, which is at first, like, I don't know. I think in general, it's a little bit unintuitive. Like, shooting these little darts or what yeah, they called, I, stakes and then like using the frame. I like, I kind of wanted to just be able to like drag the frame freely though. I understand like as a designer that probably would make it like a lot of the puzzles would become trivial. If you could just like mm-hmm. drag the walls arbitrarily. Well, um, especially
0: if you could drag the walls just totally arbitrarily, then you could just like, um, couldn't you just lift yourself up?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, but like but anyway, to, yeah. Yeah. So one thing that's interesting is that the the little stakes interact with the floor in like the floor and walls in the game. Mm-hmm. So if I am, this is gonna be really hard to explain. But if I'm so I'm in the frame of the game, and I shoot toward the edge of the frame, but there is like an in-game wall that if yes. I run my character at, they will hit into it. The dart will also hit it, and mm-hmm. the frame won't so it won't be touching the frame yet until I move in such a way that the frame hits that dart and then it will become locked. And then I can move it. Yeah. Uh, which is like, and and I think that's another way that the game sort of like limits you so that you can't just like drag the frame around willy nilly mm-hmm. and like go crazy with it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just, it's a sort of a weird feeling, especially because sometimes you will like shoot darts and miss and they'll hit the floor and you'll forget. And then you'll yep. like jump up and they'll like, get locked in the corner and then you can't finish and you have to restart or you have yeah, to like suck yeah. The, yeah
0: yeah um, that is something weird that if you leave the dart behind uh like on the floor and then you jump up higher so that the floor is no longer in your frame then the dart will lock onto the frame
1: yeah that
0: that is very unintuitive and weird
1: yeah yeah and it's just i don't know i felt like the way you were interacting with the mechanic and maybe this is just like a side effect of, Oh, I had this really cool idea for a mechanic and then I like tried doing it and it was like way too easy because you had way too much power. So I limited hmm. it by doing this yeah, by using these little darts and I don't know. I felt like the darts, uh, it just didn't feel like a really super fun way to engage with the mechanic. Like, I don't know. It just felt, Limiting and weird, and and also something that I wanted to bring up is like, uh, each time you defeat one of the six boss vampires, you lose one of your darts, so you have fewer and yep, fewer to yep. work with. And I didn't really find that to be that much of a problem. I just found like most of the time I was only using like two anyway.
0: Yeah, it it's not much of a problem until the boss fight. I'm not uh, the final boss fight, which I'm not sure if you.
1: I didn't got get to there. Um, nope.
0: Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about that when we when we transition and talking about difficulty, um, mm-hmm. if there's anything else about perspective you had, there was one other thing I wanted to mention. No, go ahead. Um, okay. So the, um, I, I, I don't know that this actually ends up being that significant in gameplay, but it was a little trippy the way that the, the way that the window frame of the game sometimes would move around, um, the, your computer screen like in different locations on your computer screen like higher and lower um sure. i i thought that was very strange yeah and um
1: it, it actually and, got kind of yeah. disorienting because like sometimes it would move off of where my mouse was and then i would click off the window and then i'd be like I'd, i had like chrome open in the background or something and so oh. again the chrome web page instead of the game uh
0: yeah yeah, and that was really I don't weird. Know, it, kind
1: of, it kind of broke the magic a little bit of the the game like resizing itself and everything.
0: Yeah, I think it works um kind of in as a cutscene <laughs> almost. Like it's it's like, whoa, this is trippy, but then like it kind of gets confusing when it is actually happening in during mm-hmm. gameplay. And another yeah. thing that's confusing is sometimes there's uh so usually it's the window frame of the game that matters, but sometimes it's there's a window frame within the window frame of the game, right? I'm not mm-hmm. misremembering that, right?
1: Well, yeah, because the, the most of the time the frame you're actually manipulating is, is yeah, not that's the right. actual not Windows the desktop window frame. frame. It's yeah. like they're, they're... A frame
0: within a frame, like a, a yeah, representation yeah. of a frame.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Which also broke the magic a little bit because it's like... Oh wow, I didn't even know you could do this. No one does this. And it's like, oh, you can't actually do it. Uh they had to like make a workaround. Which yeah. I mean is obviously That's fair that's though. fine. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah, that would be incredibly trippy
0: if it actually like like the actual Windows, like application hmm. uh window, if you resize that if that affected the game, that would be very disorienting and I think a fun way.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, all right. Are you, are you ready to talk about frustration?
0: Yes, I I, I think I am. Um, so rather than just, uh, uh, talk about what was rather than just, uh, vent about frustration, I think it'd be more interesting to talk about, um, what specifically makes things frustrating and just like kind of use that to think about the difference between like Satisfying difficulty and frustrating difficulty in games more generally. Mm. Um, So the sort of test case for this that I was thinking of was the final boss battle, um, which you didn't get to. So I'll just sort of like briefly give a summary of it. But basically the window frame resizing mechanic does not play a part at all in the final boss battle. You have one stake so you can shoot it um, once before you have to hold down R to get it back. Um, and one thing that we didn't mention that's important is you have to be holding still while you recharge your stakes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but uh, the, the battlefield is, it's like one of the biggest screens that you have in the whole game. Um, there's two tiny platforms kind of by the floor that you can jump up onto. Uh, and right underneath each one is a spike pit. Um, mm-hmm. And then the boss vampire floats back and forth kind of near the top. Um, and you have to uh, shoot him with your stakes. Uh, And what is incredibly frustrating about it is, um, it feels like every single uh, action you can take has been sort of like preemptively countered countered by the game uh, to the point where you almost just have to get like lucky and have anything happen. So what I mean by that is like, um, so the boss vampire moves back and forth, uh, shooting fireballs at you. So if you try to hold still to recollect your stakes. Uh, he's probably going to shoot with a fireball. So usually what you have to do is uh, try to recollect your stakes right as he shoots the fireballs um, and then move after you get your stake. But Mm. some of his shot patterns are like uh, organized in such a way that they are like perfectly placed so that when you try to move out of the way after doing that, it kills you. Um, Mm. If you try to move um, underneath the platforms, you'll fall into the spike pit, so you have to jump up onto the platforms. But uh, if you jump up onto the platforms, uh, the, their location makes it so it's really hard not to jump up onto the platforms without getting hit by the fireballs. Uh, to make it even harder, um, after you hit him once, uh, he spawns a bat that chases you around. And it's like mm. when the bat is there chasing you and the fireballs are coming at you and you have to hold down R and stop moving to collect your stakes, it's like mm. it's almost impossible.
1: Huh. Yeah. And I mean, in general, like, I feel like that sort of difficulty is this game's biggest problem because where I felt like it's strength was like this cool frame changing mechanic. Mm -hmm. I felt like it spent so much time trying to be like a super meat boy style, like Mm
0: -hmm. really
1: tough platforming game. And like, first of all, it's mouse and keyboard. It works on an Xbox controller, but it doesn't really because you can't hit the a button to jump. You have to hit up on the stick to jump ah. which is utterly unintuitive uh well how and, do you resize the screen see and like you can't do that as far oh, as i'm okay. aware so like it's really only a mouse and keyboard game and turns out 2d platformers just don't really, really work that yeah. well on mouse and keyboard like a lot of the time i felt like the platforming if i was on like a, a proper gamepad, it wouldn't be nearly as frustrating but it mm-hmm. was i this game was embedded deep within me <laughs> and levels of frustration i was just like oh my god like uh, i just wanted to see it because i wanted to see see the boss encounters and see what other cool gimmicks i ended up i think i beat the fourth boss and then shortly thereafter uh gave up because mm-hmm. the fourth boss was like pretty tough and after that i was just like all right i am just yeah getting i really i didn't angry. beat
0: um i didn't beat even five of the bosses once i found out that it has the function that you can, um, skip past levels, uh, by pressing mm-hmm. P I uh, skipped ahead because I was getting stuck.
1: Yeah. There um, you
0: go. yeah. Um, I, I don't fully know how to explain this, but, um, it just, a lot of the difficulty really felt like kind of a gotcha difficulty, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, the, the boss battle is, I feel that way about the boss battle. Um, just because, it seems like every option you have for dodging the stuff that kills you, uh, the level is designed to make it hard to do that. Yeah. Um, And so it almost feels as if the design of the game is trying to be like, oh, you thought you figured it out, mm, you die.
1: Fuck you. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's sounding to me, like the difference between the best bosses in dark souls and the worst bosses in dark Mm -hmm. souls, because I think something that people lose sight of a lot when they talk about dark souls, uh, everyone's always like, Oh yeah, it's like so hard. Like dark souls is so hard. And I, I think that dark souls, it's not just that it's hard. It's that in, in the best cases, dark souls definitely breaks this rule. It is difficult Uh, But it's always within its own rules that it is teaching you, but the reason you think it's hard is because the rules are subversive with respect to other games. Like, Dark Souls is all about subverting your expectation uh, Mm. and forcing you to change the way you would play a game to like because dark souls is a different game that has to be played differently because every any enemy could kill you like the easiest enemies at the very beginning of the game will kill you in like three hits if you let them and Mm -hmm. most games the the, they'd start you off with some enemies that would never ever kill you um and so it's like a lot of and it's also a lot of like pattern matching and like strict mechanical rules that if you play within and if you don't get greedy and if you execute properly are very doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are certain bosses in dark souls where it's just like, this guy is just like, has a lot of health or this guy yeah. will just kill you in one hit. And yeah,
0: I, I mean, that's how I feel about, um, bed of chaos for sure that it's like, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like, um, Hard just by like you have to get uh, the timing right with uh, like your jumps and you can't even fully see where you're jumping. Yeah, it's
1: yeah or like in I think like Dark Souls Two is the one that falls into this trap the most where it's just like hey here's a boss room where there's just gonna be four guys attacking you at once yeah and it's like okay that is like yes that makes it harder but it doesn't make it like good hard it just means like oh i'm fighting this guy and some other dude ran up and stabbed me in the ass because i can't look two places at once it's not a thing you can do Um, yeah
0: that's actually an interesting example of when uh your limits of your like point of view can make something frustrating hard is uh like the the, th- the third person point of view in Dark Souls, um, you know, when you only have to be looking at one enemy at a time, um, it's, it's at like kind of the perfect mm-hmm. like distance from your avatar. But when you have to be like keeping track of two guys that are like circling you around, uh, mm-hmm. it gets really frustrating that you can't see behind
1: you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, I don't know, I guess the thing I kept thinking about with this game since it's a platformer was Super Meat Boy and how that game like that game could get frustrating, but most of the time you felt like it was on you. Whereas window frame, I felt like the added interaction of changing the window. I don't know. Something about this game just like got under my skin. I got really, really frustrated in a way I normally don't get with games.
0: Yeah. I think that this one I would like, um, I think that the, the reframing mechanic works a lot better as a puzzle mechanic than as a platform mechanic.
1: Absolutely. And I
0: think that if the game, um, leaned more heavily on the puzzle side of it, uh, it would be much more uh, satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the problems um, with that, um, or related to that, is um, the uh, the fact that your window is so small most of the time um, makes it so... You can't even see enough of the mm. level in order to think about it as a puzzle, if that makes sense. So, like, oh, absolutely. You don't have to, like, I mean, obviously, uh, puzzle games don't have to show you everything at once, but I feel like you have to, ha- it has to give you a critical mass of information that you can mm. think about the puzzle holistically. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of times it was like, it was just difficult to even explore the level to figure out how to solve the level, like just to get enough information to even start solving it.
1: You know, I think you've like put into words something that I didn't realize was why I was so frustrated, but you're absolutely right because there are many cases where you just can't see like with, with a, something like portal, you can see all the pieces you need. Like they're there. Yeah. You may not know that that that's what they're for yet, but they are there. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah this game definitely has a thing where like it restrict i feel like it's restricting the frame because it wants you to use the frame to solve it but when you haven't seen what the world looks like in the first place mm-hmm. then restricting the frame is like maybe not the best thing
0: yeah because i feel like the best puzzles in this um in this game and i i can't think of a specific example off the top of my head but are the ones where like um the moment of solving it is one where you're like how on earth do I get past this? And you're like, oh, I move this here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, when, when you can see how all the parts work together and how you changing the frame, uh, puts parts like into interaction that wouldn't normally be inter- into interaction. Uh, that's when it's, it's really fun and satisfying. But, um, mm. uh, unfortunately you don't have enough information about the level to do that very often.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, is there anything that you, uh, you that's really you want to say about window frame
0: um well i was just looking at the the itch.io page and i think the tags that it has are uh interesting one of them is literally just difficult which um i i i can see how that would become a tag Uh, maybe it'd be interesting to click on that and see what other games are considered uh uh, difficult but it sort of seems weird to have difficult be like a trait in its own sake like it seems mm-hmm. like the difficulty should emerge from something fun about the mechanics rather than just starting with "ah, i want to make it difficult
1: yeah that so that's like sense. that's like my dark souls thing is that i feel like because dark souls was so popular and it was happened to be very hard people think that like they, it's like this fetishized like oh it's like really fucking hard like oh i beat dark souls like yeah and like people want to make really hard yeah. games but dark souls works the fr- and it often like sometimes dark souls fails because it is frustratingly difficult instead of meaningfully difficult mm-hmm. uh but i think for the most part dark souls works because it's hard but it's within its own limits and a lot of times it's your fault like and you should know that you've made a mistake. It's like, "Oh, okay. I got greedy and tried to to mm-hmm. go for a hit." And so I think like there's definitely a movement in games of like, "Oh yeah, and it's like super hard for like really hardcore gamers." It's yeah. like d- d- difficult. It's the Dark Souls of this other genre of game. It's like this game has nothing in common with Dark Souls. It's just mm-hmm. hard, and Dark Souls is also yeah. hard. Like yeah. frustrating as a person um, who loves dark souls i hate telling people that i love dark souls and they're being like oh so you just like really hard <laughs> games you're a true gamer i was like nah, uh, fuck yeah. out of here
0: <laughs> and that's that's also sort of a very annoying thing that I, I think um is more often than not like a problem with gamer culture is that like the the difficulty becomes like a mark of of prestige that like marks mm-hmm. you as a as a Quote unquote authentic gamer rather than not in a way that, like, it doesn't seem like it's really serves any purpose other than raising the barrier of entry, right? It's like the only purpose is just so it it can be like, um, you can say I can do something that other people can't do, um, which, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad to like be, be be passionate about something and like try really hard at something, um, and get really good at it, but it just seems like when when the only motivation for for working hard at something is so that, uh, you can, you, gloat you, about can, it. you can gloat about it or do something that, um, like being a, in a, a, a space or a culture that other people can't be a part of. That seems sort of like a weird, uh, weird motivation.
1: There you go. All right. Well with that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tell the people about what game we're playing next week, <laughs> Oof. which funnily enough is like, very competitive game and it's a pretty tricky, pretty tough. It's called Mm -hmm. devil daggers, uh, which is a fun name. It just, uh, (laughs) brings to mind a certain kind of violence. It is intense. Uh, (laughs) you have not played this game. I played this game a lot. So this game came out probably 2015, uh, maybe 2016. And like it came out and it was, it's actually probably one of the most like well-known games that we have played um, but it was, I feel yeah. like it was a game that when it came out people were really excited w- about it for a short amount of time and then it got forgotten I remember game of the year whatever year it came out like 2015 2016 I'm not sure which I remember being like oh yeah now Devil Daggers and like nobody brought it up and I was like yo Devil Daggers was rad so huh, uh, yeah I didn't even hear about it so yeah it's great um,
0: yeah alright yeah. well I'm excited to play it um, you can find it on Steam $5 um, if you want to play along for our next episode and uh We will uh, talk to you next week.
1: Yep. Follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast.